you could call it the Job Syndrome. After the man who spoke the words we just heard in today's first reading. So what is the Job Syndrome? Well, the Job Syndrome is a very common ailment, not of the body, but of the soul. Although I dare say most people who have it probably don't realize that they have it. It typically affects you when you're going through difficult times in your life. For example, when a close friend or relative passes away, when you lose your job, when you find out that you or someone very close to you has a very serious illness, when a friend or acquaintance betrays you in some way. It's named for the Old Testament figure Job because he definitely had a bad case of it, a really bad case of it. And that's crystal clear from this text we heard a few moments ago in our first reading. Job, as most of us know, was a man who initially had it all with respect to the blessings of this earthly life. The Bible indicates that he had very good health. He had a loving family, a large family, seven sons, three daughters, many possessions. He had lots of sheep, camels, oxen. And he had a great relationship with God to boot. He was a good man, a pious man, a holy man, a righteous man, a devout man. And then he had a bad day. And I mean a really bad day. And he lost everything, all of it. All his animals were either stolen or killed. All his children died when the house they were in collapsed during a terrible windstorm, and he himself was afflicted with a horrible disease, skin disease, in which painful boils appeared all over his body. For Job, it was a time of intense pain in every dimension of his person. He had pain in his body, emotional pain, spiritual pain, and he struggled to make sense of it all as we would all struggle, I'm sure, in similar circumstances. It's in the midst of that internal struggle, that internal distress he was experiencing, that he says those words we heard in our first reading. Listen again to some of them. Is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Are not his days those of hirelings? He is a slave who longs for the shade, a hireling who waits for his wages. There we see, my brothers and sisters, the first characteristic of people with the Job syndrome. The first characteristic is the tendency to look to the past and to see only the bad, the negative, the evil. Think about it, my brothers and sisters. Job's life before his bad day was not a drudgery. It was anything but a drudgery. His life was awesome. It was almost perfect. It was as close to perfect, I think, as you can get on this side of the grave. He didn't live like a hireling or a slave back then. The guy lived like a king. He experienced a superabundance of graces and favors and blessings from the Lord. 
And yet, in the midst of the pain he was in when he spoke these words, all poor Job could remember from the past was the bad, the negative, the evil. And so he said, is not man's life on earth a drudgery? Skip down a few lines to the words that Job says at the very end of the text. As we heard a few moments ago, he says there, Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. Now, I don't know about you, but after reading that line, I have a question. How did Job know that? How did Job know that he would never, ever, ever, ever experience any happiness again during his time on this earth? Well, the answer is, he didn't know that. He couldn't possibly have known with absolute certitude that he'd be miserable and unhappy for the rest of his earthly life. And of course he wasn't, as we find out at the very end of the book of Job. I'm not going to go into detail about that. You'll have to read it at home to get those details. But this is the second characteristic of people who have the Job syndrome. It's the tendency to project the suffering of the present onto the unknown future. Hopefully you now see why I said at the beginning of my homily that the Job syndrome is a very common ailment of the soul. When we suffer, it's human nature, fallen human nature, for us to look to the past and to get focused on the negative aspects of our lives, no matter how good our past lives have been. And then we tend, in our suffering, to look ahead and imagine that the sufferings of the present are always going to be with us, and maybe that they'll even get a lot worse. So in reality, since we all have our crosses, the Job Syndrome is something we have to fight against constantly. On a personal note, I have certainly had to fight against it in dealing with Parkinson's disease for the last year. How easy would it be for me to fall into a pattern of thinking where I begin to look to the past with regret? Regret for the things I would like to have done but wasn't able to do. And then how easy it would be to start looking ahead and dwelling on the future. What's my health going to be like in 10 years or five years or one year? What's my speech going to be like? What's my balance going to be like? What's my tremor going to be like? You know, Parkinson's affects a lot of stuff. Well, we all have issues in our lives that can cause us to think in this way because we all have crosses. And this is why our relationship with the Lord needs to be our number one priority every day. Because only the grace of God can help us to overcome the Job Syndrome. I think it's extremely providential that this Gospel text from Mark chapter 1 was read at this Mass, along with that first reading. Because there in that Gospel, Mark tells us that Jesus after a whole night of ministering to people, rose early the next morning, before dawn, and went to a deserted place by himself to pray. Imagine the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the eternal Word made flesh, felt a need 
to pray, an urgent need to pray, so urgent that he got up before dawn to go do it. Now, if he needed to pray that much, or felt that need, how much more do we need to pray? If we do that, if we give the Lord quality time every day in prayer and commune with him on a regular basis, I believe he will help us over time to do four things with respect to our past. Number one, he'll help us to be grateful for our past blessings. Number two, he'll help us to repent of our past sins. He'll help us to recognize our sins. And he'll move us to go to confession if we need to, to get them taken away. Number three, he'll help us to draw positive lessons even from the negative experiences of our past. And number four, he'll help us to let go of the rest. We all have things that we need to let go of in our past. And then with respect to the future, if we pray, the Lord will help us to trust and to hope, to trust that he'll always be with us, to trust that his grace will always be sufficient for us, to trust that he's always in control, even when things seem out of control. And he'll help us to keep our eyes in hope on the goal, on the prize, on the eternal life that he offers us if we are faithful to him. And in the process of all that, the Lord will help us through prayer to keep the Job syndrome out of our lives. So we need to pray every day, not just for an hour on a Sunday morning. Let me conclude my homily today on a lighter note. Although still on point, as I was preparing this homily for Super Bowl Sunday, I thought of the Patriot fans and the Giant fans that I had conversations with during the NFL regular season. You all came to mind because many of you, I believe, had a form of the Job Syndrome with respect to your favorite football team. You see, this ailment is so prevalent that it can even manifest itself in our recreational lives. For example, about mid-season or so, I talked to a number of Patriot fans, and many of them said very similar things to me. They said, you know, Father Ray, the Pats, they have a great offense, but their defense has been terrible. Did you see how many yards they gave up the past two or three games? Notice there the first characteristic of the Job Syndrome, focusing on the negative in the past. And then those same Patriot fans would go on and say, you know, I'm not too hopeful about the future. <laughs> I know they're going to make the playoffs, because nobody's competing against them really this year in that division. But I'm not too hopeful about how they'll do, because defense usually wins championships, and the Pats defense leaves a lot to be desired. Well, there you have characteristic number two of the Job Syndrome, projecting the suffering of the present onto the unknown future. And some of you Giant fans, you were even worse <laughs> in your assessment of your team's chances to get to the big game this Sunday. Well, I'm sure that all of you are happy today that you were wrong. And the good news is, one group of you will still be happy 
later tonight. May the best team win. <laughs>